If we were to get together and compare travel tales, I'm sure some of you will have some great travel experiences and some of you will have some perhaps regrettable travel experiences. Not only that, if we were to compare travel experiences, we could tell you how some of the places we've been that we've really loved. And you might not think that they're so great. And then you might tell us some of the places that you've been to and really love, and we might not think they're so great. And that's okay. We all have different tastes. For example, Louis and I are married to a full-blooded Italian. We love Italy. We go to Italy as often as we can. The good thing about uh, being married to a full-blooded Italian is 90% of Louis' family still live in Italy. So for us, the only, the only cost is just the flight there and back. We have transport provided, accommodation provided, and, and my God, do we have food provided. Um, <laughs> And so we get there as often as we can. In fact, uh, one of, we got a lot of great memories from the times we've been there. I remember specifically uh, one morning, uh, it was a Saturday morning, we were staying with family in the village where Louis' dad's from. And uh, one of the cousins, uh, you know, we met them outside of the house. Hey, how's it going? Beautiful day. Yeah, well, what should we do today? And he says, I don't know what, let's drive up to the Amalfi Coast and have lunch. And I thought to myself, that sentence is just perfect. Like, who says that? Let's, what should we do on this Saturday morning? I don't know. Let's drive to the Amalfi Coast and have lunch. See, this is, this is where we went to. It's, uh, it's Positano. It's only, it's only Louis, Louis' dad's village is an hour that way. It's an hour's drive only to go. And we had, we had lunch here, okay? So it's an hour's drive. Now, now picture that, okay? We say, we say from here, what are we gonna do for lunch? And, and you say, let's drive an hour and we go and we meet up at Dome in Mandra, right? It, <sighs> no. So, so, so Italy, we wanna go to. Uh, Dome Mandra, we don't really wanna go to. Um, Disneyland, Disneyland holds many great memories for Louis and I. First time I took Louis to Disneyland, um, we didn't know this, okay? We're not dis as Disney aficionados as we maybe like to think we were. We, 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 we turn up and we parked at the Donald level car park. Um, and uh, great way to remember where you parked. It's just like, just remember one character, level three B, no, Donald. And uh, so, so we go in and we discover that the day that we were going in was two days before the 50th anniversary of the opening of the Disneyland theme park, two days before. And in fact, what was, what was gonna happen is they were gonna close the park the day before the 50th anniversary. And we were there the day before that. But what that in turn meant is that everyone that was in town to go to Disneyland were waiting to go on the day of the 50th anniversary. We went two days before unknowingly and they'd already set everything up. They had already started selling the merch for the 50th anniversary. Louis has a pair of gold, gold Mickey Mouse ears that were available for the 50th anniversary or two days prior. So we like Disneyland. Um, where we probably don't wanna go so much is the Xinjiang Amusement Park in China. Has anyone been to the Xinjiang Amusement Park in China? No, what, what, really? Well, okay, you may not have been there, but let, let, me, let me show you an aerial. This is it, you may not have been there, but, 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 but parts of it may look somewhat familiar. Let, let me show you the entranceway. Uh, go to the next one, Riley. This is the entranceway to the Xinjiang uh, 
I mean, it, 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 it may or may not bear a remarkable or not remarkable similarity to the Magic Kingdom, which is the entrance of Disneyland. Also, when you go to the Xinjiang Amusement Park in China, you may in fact see some familiar faces such as these ones here uh, as, you walk, as you walk around the Xinjiang theme park in China. Now, the owner of the Xinjiang theme park in China, he was interviewed by a Japanese newspaper outlet who, you know, wanted to know if he was willing to admit that maybe, just maybe, he might have borrowed some of his ideas from, a, from another well-known theme park called Disneyland. There are, the uh, journalist wrote, Xinjiang Amusement Park, also called Fake Disney, is packed with a whole bunch of familiar characters. You'll find a few hours away at the real, officially licensed Disney Resort in Shanghai. The Xinjiang Amusement Park slogan, Disney is too far to go. Please come to Xinjiang. <laughs> but it's not just Mickey and company you can find wandering around the Beijing park. There's also Shrek, Hello Kitty, Bugs Bunny, Batman, Jaws, and more. And the Japanese journalist wrote this. To his credit though, <laughs> I love this, the park's president had, has repeatedly denied any wrongdoing, telling a Japanese news station that what they considered to be Mickey Mouse was really just a cat with big ears. <laughs> okay. Let me, let me tell you another couple of destinations that I have pretty strong opinions of. And, and the destinations are called heaven and hell. And uh, personally, I do want to go to heaven. And personally, I don't particularly want to go to hell. Uh, if you watch some Hollywood movies, TV shows, maybe you have a, an image of heaven as, as you know, we get wings put on us and we fly from cloud to cloud forever. Um, I, I don't think that's what it's gonna be like. In fact, I think it's gonna be better than anything we can even imagine while we're here on this earth. Um, you might also have some images of hell. You know, you, you shove in front of a fire, sticking coal in there for, for all eternity and someone cracks a whip on your back when you slow down. Um, I, I don't think hell's gonna be like that at all. In fact, I think hell's gonna be a lot worse than anything we can even begin to imagine. Now, I'm aware that maybe not everyone here believes in heaven and hell. I believe in them because Jesus himself had a lot to say about both of them. Strangely though, I've met uh, some people who call themselves Christians who tell me they believe in heaven, but they don't believe in hell. And what we need to understand is Jesus actually talked twice as much about hell as he did about heaven when he was on this earth. And you know, that terrifies me. <laughs> that for Jesus, he was describing them as very real, not metaphorical, very real, very literal places that all of us will exist for eternity, but we will either exist in heaven for eternity or in hell for eternity. The good news is that Jesus made it very clear how we can spend eternity in heaven 
and avoid spending eternity in hell. And that was by trusting him, is by putting our faith in him, is by committing to follow him. And we're gonna give you an opportunity to do that in a few minutes time if you've never made that decision. So we don't have to be scared of hell if you've said, Jesus, I wanna make you my Lord. I wanna follow you for the rest of my days because the rest of your days aren't just here on earth. They're also with Jesus in heaven, but they're very, very real places. And we've been talking about a concept called grace over these last few weeks. Grace, we define very simply as favour from God that we didn't deserve. And uh, the ultimate favour, the ultimate gift that God's given us is the gift of His Son, Jesus. That, that, that grace isn't purely about us going from earth to heaven. Grace reminds us that, that Jesus went from heaven to earth to make it possible for us to go from earth to heaven. The gift of grace. Having said all of that, what I wanna focus on today is that grace is about way more than just going to heaven, that grace is available to us while we're here on this earth. In fact, only thinking about grace, only thinking about the gift of Jesus, only thinking about the power that Jesus has given to us in terms of heaven, is like working a crummy job that you hate all your life, waiting to the day you retire so you can start living. Grace is about way more than just going to heaven. Grace is available to us living here on earth. In fact, grace doesn't just deliver us in the next life, it empowers us in this life. Last week I I, I taught, and if you weren't here last week, and those of you first time guests, we make all of our messages available on our podcast or through our app. Uh, You can catch up there. But I talked about the idea and the truth that grace says to us that it's okay to not be okay, that we don't have to live a life of pretense. We don't have to, 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 to walk around pretending we've got it all together. And we certainly don't have to walk into a church and we as Elevate Church don't ever wanna be the sort of place where you have to hide the fact that you're not okay, that you have to hide the fact that you're struggling, that you have to hide the fact that life is throwing you a few too many curveballs and you're swinging, but you're not hitting them all. We wanna be the sort of church where it's okay to be not okay. Having said that, while grace meets us where we are and says it's okay to be not okay, you're loved, you're accepted in that place, grace also says you don't have to stay there. That doesn't have to be your life sentence or your life story, that you can actually journey, you can actually move. Jesus accepts us where we are, how we are, but His grace is available for us to progress. And in fact, I don't believe it's possible to follow Jesus and stay the same. And that's good news. It's possible to believe in Jesus and stay the same, but Jesus doesn't just call us to believe in Him. He says, come follow me. In fact, He said, even the devil believes in me. In fact, even the devil believes I'm the Son of God, believes that, no dispute, but hasn't submitted to me, isn't following me. But if you truly decide to follow Jesus, His grace is available for change and for transformation, it's about way more than just going to heaven. And I wanna show you a real quick story, something that John recorded. You can pop your Elevate app, Bible tab open, or you can just go straight there, or if if you like, we'll have it on the screens. John, in chapter five, recorded a story, and I'll dive straight in there. John's writing, something just happened in chapter four, turn the chapter, sometime later, 
Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, this is one thing I wanna really underline. There are seven Jewish festivals that they celebrate every year. The Jewish people are known for celebration. Are we? When people think of your family, when people think of our church, is one of the words they use condemnation or celebration? Because grace is about celebration. It's not about denial. Let me just make myself clear though. Grace isn't about denying there's something wrong with us. Grace isn't about denying that there's pressures and, 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 that, and there's things that we're, that, we're, that we're dealing with. But grace also reminds us that, that, that God is good all the time and that we have cause to celebrate His goodness today. We have cause to be grateful for His goodness yesterday. And we have cause to celebrate the goodness that He's gonna extend to us tomorrow. There's always a great reason to celebrate. And so these Jewish people were and are still known for their, their festivals. And so Jesus was on His way to the temple for one of the Jewish festivals in Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate, no relevance about anything, it just is, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda and is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. Right in this moment, we're reminded that there is two contrasting situations. There are the people that are going to the temple to celebrate, and there are another group of people that, that, that can't celebrate, that are, that are stuck, blind, lame, and paralyzed. And I talked about this last week. That's what church has to be about that for some of us at, at a particular season or situation, our shopping bag is breaking or it's already broken. And one of the reasons God put, places us in community is so we can double bag and triple bag and quadruple bag, that we're not meant to just be one bag carrying our load around, hoping it doesn't break or when it's broken, not knowing what to do about it. But God places us in community. God places people who are, who are singing from the mountaintops alongside people that are struggling in the valleys, places us together in the same church, in the same community of faith, so that while one of us is winning and the other one's struggling, we can actually double bag. We can do this life together. This contrast is a great reminder of why God calls us to do life in community. I said it last week. I've said it before. I'm gonna say it now. I'll say it again. You can follow Jesus for yourself, but you can't effectively follow Jesus by yourself. And I'll stand on that truth to the day I meet Him. And He'll say, that's a heck of a quote, Mark. And I'll say, damn straight, Jesus. Now, this is chapter, this is, ver, look, this is verses two and three. Has anyone, before I go on with the story, is anyone familiar with this story? You, you've read it before, okay. Yeah, me too. But here's the thing, I never noticed something. If you're in your app, uh, Read verse four out to me. Who's in the app? Read, read, read verse four for me. We've gone verse one, Jesus on the way to the temple. Verses two or three, read verse four. It's not there. Has anyone ever noticed that before? Yeah, that's why they pay me the big bucks. See, verse four, you'll find the number four, no words, and then it starts number five. Oh, interesting. Nobody likes a smart ass, especially a big mouth Italian one. Verse four, you can click, it'll take you to a footnote. 
And this is what you'll see in the footnote. Meaning it was in there once, it's now been relegated to a footnote. From time to time, so Jesus is walking along, there's a pool, there's, there's cripples, lames, blind, lame, blind people there. Verse four used to say, now it's a footnote, from time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters in the pool. The first one into the pool after each such disturbance would be cured of whatever disease they had. Now, John wrote about this originally. It's since been relegated to a footnote. The reason it's been relegated to a footnote is it's a little bit contentious as to whether this was really an angel of the Lord or whether there were some locals who turned this into a money-making scam that they would secretly stir up the waters of the pool, tell the blind, the lame and the crippled that that first one in, you know, not last one in's a rotten egg, but first one in gets healed, only to later be discovered that it was, that it was a scam. It was a money-making scam, that it was temporary and there was no lasting transformation available to them. Does that sound familiar? I'm gonna sleep with that girl that I'm not married to tonight. I'm gonna feel good for a couple of hours, but there's no lasting transformation in that. In fact, there's more regret and shame to follow. I'm I'm gonna work my way from the top of this bottle to the bottom of this bottle. Yeah, it'll stir the waters, but there's no lasting transformation in that. In fact, it'll typically just make things worse for you. I'm gonna chase money and pleasure and make them my God. You can have them, just don't make sure they have you because there's no lasting transformation in them. You don't get to take them with you. If you're living for money and possessions with no bigger purpose, you're not gonna find lasting fulfilment. All right. Verse five did actually happen. John wrote, one who was there, one of these blind lame beggars who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and learned he'd been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Now, 20 years ago, when I started out in full-time Christian leadership, church leadership, I would get to this part of the story and I'd say to you, Jesus walks up to a guy who's been crippled for 38 years and says to him, hey, buddy, do you wanna get well? And I'd say to you, good one, Jesus, Captain Obvious. Well, of course he wants to get well. He's been stuck there, crippled for 38 years. What a stupid question. Why would you even bother? Just give him a bit of your abracadabra, get him on his feet and get him moving. But I've been in Christian leadership for 20 years and I've discovered that not everyone wants to get well. That when you ask them the question or when Jesus asks them the question, do you wanna get well? They go, hmm, I've discovered that some people would rather curl up with the blanket of familiarity than abandon the blanket of familiarity and do what Jesus asked them to do. Put that blanket down and follow Him. Last week, we prayed for people down the front and it was fantastic, loved it. Loved so many of you came forward wanting some answers to your prayers. But there's a reason we don't do that every week. 
And the reason we don't do that every week is in my 20 years of church leadership is the same usual suspects come up every single week and ask for prayer for the same things every single week. And when Jesus asks them, do you wanna get well? They say, because a lot of people have their identity tied up in the attention that their problems bring them. And if I didn't have any problems, maybe no one's gonna talk to me, notice me. So Jesus says, do you wanna get well? And some people say, "Ah, mm, look, uh, no, I, I, I was born this way. Ever heard someone say that? I was like, mate, you, no, it's too bad. I was born this way. Well, yeah, but you were born crapping your pants and peeing down your leg. So, so here's the thing. I wanna do a little, a little object lesson now. I want this idea to stick, right? Right now, I want all of you to squeeze one out, number twos, and I want you to trickle out. And, no, do it. No, 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 because... It's not a problem because all you have to do is offensive and, 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 and culturally incorrect as it is. All you have to do when you make a mess like that and, you, and you're living in your mess and the person next to you says, ill, you can just simply say to them, it's okay, I was born this way. And their job is to say, oh, well, that's okay then. It's, it's okay to not be okay. It's just not okay to stay not okay. Jesus asks us the question, do you wanna get well? Not really, I was born this way. I'm good. Or this one, you wanna get well? Nah, nah, not possible. It's just the way I am. It's just the way I am. So it's Sunday. Many of you are going to work tomorrow. Sometime during this week, do this. If you work in an environment where you have meetings, you know, some sort of team interaction, what I want you to do is, um, when you, if you're in a meeting and you put up an idea and someone disagrees with you, what I want you to do is I want you to pick up your laptop, I want you to spring across the table and I want you to start smacking them over the head as hard as you can until that laptop and their skull shatters. Do that, and then when your boss says, um, buddy, I don't really think that's appropriate behaviour in this workplace, all you need to do to make it right is say to them, it's just the way I am. And they're obliged to say, oh, well, I guess it's okay then. Come on, everyone, show them some grace. Anyone else? Go for it. Here's another laptop. Grace says it's okay to not be okay and says that there, are, there is power available to us to not stay not okay, to change, to transform. That when we ask, are asked the question by Jesus, do you wanna get well? Not only should we say yes, we can say yes, because here's the thing. We don't get transformed in our own strength. We don't change merely with our own power. When Jesus asks us the question, do you wanna get well? It comes gift wrapped 
with, 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 with an Easter egg buried inside of his strength and his power available to us. And so, yeah, not only, not only should we want to get well, we can get well because it doesn't just depend on us. It's his grace, his strength, his power available to us. Having said that, there is still a part for us to play. So he says, do you want to get well? And hopefully we say yes. Yeah, I want to get well. I want to get physically well. I want to get emotionally well. I want to get relationally well. Good. All right? Good. Well, sir, the invalid replied, I've no one to help me into the pool. When the water stirred, and while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. You know, I, I, I preached this a few months ago. This, is, this guy's crippled. The blind guy is always going to be beating the crippled guy to the water's edge. It's like. But he said, yes. Yeah. Inherent in that answer is, yeah, yeah, I do want to get well. So Jesus said to him, Abercadabra, it's done fly out of here on your magic carpet. He didn't. He said, good. Now you get up. What? Yeah, 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 buddy. You get up. Pick up your mat and walk. The crippled guy, you have to think about this. Even at that pivotal moment in his life could have said, I can't get up, I'm crippled. Jesus has just extended his grace to him. Yeah, I know you're crippled, mate, but with my power and my strength, you can get up. And when you do, when you leave the familiar. He wasn't dead. He'd actually made a living for 38 years. He'd survived. And he could have said to Jesus, I'm good. I know it's just a doll, but it's better than nothing. I'm getting by. To his credit, he picked up his mat and walked. Oh, oh sorry, I missed a bit. Sorry. Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. Then he was cured. Jesus even gave him another out clause, another escape clause. You can say no and the next sentence won't read at once the man was cured. It'll say the man didn't. Get up. You know, this guy had never been into the temple. He wasn't a churchy guy. He, he'd been outside of the temple for 38 years. And yet he was smart enough to do two things that will be the two things that make the most difference in your life. He listened to Jesus and he did what he said. You want to boil down my theology to a little fortune cookie size printout? Here it is. 
You call yourself a, a Christian, you say you're a follower of Jesus. Here's my theology, real, real simple. You can write this down, but you can probably remember it. Listen to Jesus. Do what he says. And that's why they pay me the big bucks. I promised I'd give you an opportunity when I was talking about heaven and hell. I promised I'd give you an opportunity to actually make your eternal destination heaven. And Jesus, he did it in that little space as well. He, he said what we needed to do and he gives us the choice of whether we're gonna do that. Listen to Jesus and do what he said. Jesus said, come follow me. Are you gonna listen to him and then do what he said? Are you gonna follow him? And I know many of you have made that decision to follow him. And by the way, it's not a one-time decision. It's an every day and every way decision. But if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, we're gonna give you that opportunity right here, right now. And in a moment, for those of you that have, to, that, that, that have yet to make that decision, for those of you, I believe God's got you here this morning to say yes to following Jesus. In a moment, I want you to put your hand up and you're putting your hand up to Jesus. You're saying, yep, that's me. I wanna follow you. I wanna follow you. I wanna start today. I'm gonna keep on following you. I'm gonna start today though. Listen to Jesus who asked us to come follow him and do what he says. Say yes to that. So right now, for those of you that have never made a decision to follow Jesus, and you know that's this morning, it's your opportunity. I want you to put your hand up real quickly. When I see your hand, you can put it down and then we'll pray. So I don't wanna miss anybody here. If you've never made that decision, just quickly shoot your hand up and then we're gonna pray.